All right, it's the uh, Chance of Gaming Podcast, episode 39. Yeah, 39. And uh, with me always is Richard and Roy. Good evening, everyone. This is Rich from beautiful St. Louis, Missouri. I love to fall. <laughs> Hello, uh, this is Roy from Michigan. Where it's winter, and, right? Well, <laughs> it's all right. It's, it was a lovely fall day today. So enjoy it while you can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's amazing here. I, I I would record from outside if I didn't think the background noise would be too much. <laughs> yeah, it was. It's about eighty-five here and pretty humid. We're we're we're, <laughs> we're getting there. It's you get into that part of that time of year in Mississippi, like where you wear a jacket in the morning and shorts in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's a whole thing. I I run into the thing where I like I'll I'll wear something warm in the morning and then take it off at work. And then it stays there, and then I, like, accumulate this whole wardrobe of clothes at work. <laughs> and then I have to bring them all home. And it's kind of the same sort of thing that happens in the spring, too, that I end up with a whole wardrobe of sweatshirts and long sleeve shirts that I take off in the middle of the day and then leave there. Oh, yeah, yeah. I have a huge pile of jackets at, at work. Yep. Espe- especially mm-hmm. all my rain gear is there. So anytime I need it on the weekend, I'm like, uh, okay, I'm just going to do it. <laughs> All right. Well. So uh, we have a, a sponsor, and there was actually a question. We actually, um, you know, uh, one of our, that Pocket Tactics thing sold, and mm-hmm. um, I believe it was uh, your friend uh, Richard bought a, bought a copy. Mitch bought a copy, and it came yeah. with like one little extra guy, and he didn't know who that little <laughs> guy was. Oh, so I was, was not aware of that. He was uh he, he posted it on Twitter. He was like does he was like I bought this you know from there and it does anybody know what this little guy was and I'm like I I think it's a fertility god that's what it looks like to me so. <laughs> little chubby little guy so if you would like to get your own fertility god 3D printed I'm absolutely sure I feel confident and positive that Mike can do it over at alterdementia.com. you can look at the show notes at chanceofgaming.com and see the URL there is a discount code. COG 2019, and that'll get you 20% off anything you want to have printed over there. He's got several licenses that he can print from, or if you got your own files or whatever, uh, he'll take care of that for you. So, your own fertility guide over at alterdementia.com, COG 2019, get your uh, discount there. So, so what have you guys been playing, Rich? Well, my Unconditional Surrender game... Unconditional Surrender Europe game is, is continuing, although I think Germany's got himself at a point where he hasn't lost yet, but I don't think he can win. So um, we've been playing this game for uh, probably six weeks or so now. We play once a week. We play about three hours on either a Wednesday or Thursday evening. And, um, you know, we've uh, I think we're about three years into the game, and I'm playing Russia, and uh, I've pretty much got to the point where he can't advance any further. I'm starting to surround and pick off his armies and start my counterattack. So I would guess we've probably got two weeks left of that game until Germany's going to be in big, big trouble on the verge of collapsing. So unconditional surrender Europe. I'm, I'm having so much fun with it. The more, the more I like, the more I play the game, the more I like it. And it's, it's, it's interesting because it's got a lot of, uh, it's got a, a lot of what ifs that you can play with the political alliances and, uh, you know, you can get obviously different historical events and outcomes based on who allies with who. It's always going to be three major factions, but all the minor countries could do different things. In fact, in our game, Germany never invaded the West until well after they were fighting with Russia. And once they invaded, they uh it was actually France that declared war on Belgium and the Netherlands in order to have a bigger front to invade Germany. So sort of interesting, uh, a historical outcome there, but it's, it's a fascinating game. I love it. So Rich, have you ever watched, um, the man in the high castle? I have not. I saw that. That's on Amazon, right? Yes. Yep. Yeah. I saw that and, but I never got around to watching it. So the conceit there is that the, uh, the Germans developed the bomb, before the United States did, and they used it on, I believe, on Washington, D.C., and that's kind of oh, how yeah. that timeline goes. Is there anything as, as kind of out there as that sort of thing, mm-hmm. that, as far as what-ifs go? Not if you play the main event, because you're no one can get nukes at all in that game. That They just never come into play. Okay. Um, the biggest what-ifs are going to be 
but who allies with who as far as the minor countries. Mm. They all, all of the other countries that are in the area, Denmark, Norway, Sweden, Hungary, uh, uh, not Austria, but uh, you know, Romania, Bulgaria, all of those can really be allied by anyone and can take any part in the war. The okay. way our particular game went, we didn't get a lot of that, mostly because we used most of our political advantages to just stop someone else from doing something instead of doing something ourselves. Um, on That's for the main event, though. There is one mm-hmm. really interesting scenario. I've only played it solitaire, but I want to play it with a friend as well, um, where it's, it's a 1945 scenario. Germany has just dropped out of the war, and the U.S. and Russia go at it. So basically... Oh, okay. Yeah, what Patton's original plan was. And that game does have nukes in it. So um, do each, does each side have like a uh, technologies that they're developing? Nope, there's no technology development at all. Okay. In fact, there's not even any decisions as to what to produce or anything. Everything just comes in on the map. Um, mm-hmm. We're playing with historical timelines. So basically, in June of 43, you're going to get a tank army. In August of 44, you're going to get another, uh, you know, another Air Force division, that type of thing. Um, Ah, Okay. There there is an optional rule where you can roll for variable entry on those. But even Mm -hmm. then, all that does is change the timeline. You don't get to decide what comes in or what you produce. Hmm. All right. What else have you been playing? So I finally got Red Storm, uh, the game I talked about last time, uh, the Air War over Central Germany. And I've I, I got it all punched out, and <laughs> by the time I got everything punched and sorted, it no longer fits in the box, but that's fine. I'm not, I'm not going to have that one in the box for a while. It's a, it's a huge game, big learning curve, but it's not it's digestible. Um, so I, I, mean, I worked, I did the first scenario, which is just sort of a training scenario. I'm doing the second one now, and then a friend of mine, Mitch, the guy you were just talking about, we're going to start playing the third scenario. We're going to start it over Vassal, and then we're going to get together in a couple weeks to to get it on the table and play it. So not a whole lot of experience with it yet, but I did get it, and I started playing that one. Looking forward to that. And, okay, uh, Successors, third and fourth edition. That's kind of something I want to uh, touch on a little bit more later, but what did you think of it? So we had a lot of fun. We played that yesterday at the uh, STL Wargamers monthly game day. So we meet the third Saturday of every month at Miniature Market. We play there. Um, And it's interesting because they reserve tables for us and everything. Yesterday they had a big RPG event going on. So we only got two tables in the back. And this is actually the first time that we've had more people there than we had room to play. So there were some people that kind of showed up and didn't have anything to play or space to play, which was unfortunate. But it's good that the group is growing. So, um, But yes, me and three other guys, we played Successors, uh, which I enjoyed quite a bit. I've got, um, I think, the 2008 or 2009 version, which I think is the third edition. Uh, there's a new one that's coming out. It's not going to be published by GMT. It's going to be published by Phalanx Games. Um, but that one, I think, is on Kickstarter right now, or maybe it's about to be Kickstarted or it's somewhere in that process. Yeah, it's expensive, if I remember correctly. And uh, the company, I'll pull it up so I'm not talking out of my so ass. But um, it, it probably is, but it also includes miniatures, um, which my game doesn't. My game just has standees. But honestly, the miniatures are purely cosmetic. They add nothing to it. It's just there are there's eight generals in the game um so in a four-player game everyone starts off with two and then there's some others that come in later in the game either as replacements or like a historical event can happen where a general dies and his son takes over that type of thing but basically there's eight generals in the game everyone gets two and it's it's literally a map of of europe and north africa and into a little bit into asia as well it's uh the game is Alexander the Great just died. It's the year, uh, you know, conquered the world and then died at 32. And immediately all of his generals start to divide up his empire. So that's what the game is, the successors to Alexander the Great. And there's things in there. There's two sort of victory tracks on there. There's a legitimacy track where, uh, you know, you are seen as the most legitimate heir. And you can do that by marrying Alexander's daughters or taking his body back to Greece and properly burying it, that type of thing. And then there's a victory point uh, where you just get by controlling land. Um, and there's there's two different victory paths 
and uh, you can actually even end the game early by, it cracked me up, there's a rule in there where it says on, on turn four, if you control Alexander's oldest son, at that point, you have to either name him king and end the game, or you have to murder him. Because either he's going to be the king under your control, or you have to get him out of the way so that you can be king yourself, or whatever. So, um, But yeah, there's there's... The guy that won the game is it was interesting because he actually one of his two generals died on the very first turn of the game, uh, but he still managed to he ended up stealing Alexander's body, burying it at a different place, and conquering enough of Asia where he could he could get enough victory points to win. The game it went kind of long, longer than I thought it would for sure. We probably played for about five hours, but we didn't really know what we were doing. Once we figured out the rules and figured out how to play, it went a lot quicker. I would say probably four hours would be a normal game time if everyone knows what they're doing. Yeah, this was on Kickstarter, and uh, they wanted... Let's see, how much money did they want? Does it say... Uh, yeah, they wanted 40,000 pounds. They ended up with 314,000 pounds. So it was... Yeah. A, very successful Kickstarter. 3,898 people backed it. But, uh, yeah, it, it was 65 pounds plus, you know, shipping, you know, after that. So, I mean, this is going to be well over a $100 game. And I guess the main thing is the miniatures, which I don't care about. They're literally yeah, just, they, they just would look good on there instead of the standees. Exactly. And they do look nice, but... To me, the standees function just fine. So, mm -hmm. and, yeah. and other than that, it looks like the exact same game. I don't know if they did any rules tweaks or anything like that. The rule book did have a few meh, slightly confusing points. It could have been a little better. So maybe they cleaned that up. I don't know. Um, but other than that, I, I think it's the same game. And this is from Ghostberg, by the way. Ooh. Ghostberg? Yeah. I thought it was so Phalanx that was producing wow. it. No, no, no. Ghost, Ghostberg designed it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ghostberg, he did it. Richard. Yes. We now know <laughs> it's. We now know the difference between Berg and Borg. It just took someone to die to do it, but we now <laughs> right. know. Yeah. The original game was Berg and uh, it was Simonich too, right? Uh, Mark, something. Yep. I thought. Yep. Yeah. 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 There was. I think there was a third one in there too. Yeah. Okay. I, th I think you're right. But yeah. Okay. Yeah. We're uh, but yeah, anyway, great game. I want to I'll, play it again. I'll talk more about this time period in uh, in just a minute. But uh, Roy's going to tell us about Cambria. Yes. So this is not the game of uh, quartz countertops. This is <laughs> there's a there's a brand of of uh, solid surface countertop called Cambria. Huh. But anyway, this is not that. We're so this is today. Pardon me. We're all about playing ancients today. I guess yeah. so, yeah. So this was a, a tiny little game. It's uh, once again, it kind of fits the realm of the coffee shop game, and it's a uh, you are trying to to gather uh, and blockade forts. So if you can get enough armies to surround a fort, then it will fold, and you can take that that token. Um, so it's every turn you roll the dice, and uh, you have to put one of your markers on a road that is adjoining a fort of that number. Um, and then if you roll a six, I believe you can bring the, the Romans in and they can kick somebody off of a road and, so that you can put, put your, uh, your marker there. So like if you, the, the number five forts have five roads that lead into it. And once all five roads are blockaded, then that fort falls. And then the points go to whoever has the most number of armies surrounding it. So in the in the five situation, if I have three and my opponent has one and another opponent has one, I will get the top token. And then if it's a sufficiently large fort, they will take the token underneath. Um, so it's a very small footprint and it plays very fast. Um, and uh, so my friend Dana picked this up at, uh, at Gen Con one year and the guy selling it to him said, it's the most complex strategic board game that you can play in 15 or 20 minutes hmm. so it's a very very short play time and it's a tiny little board too yeah yep 
And so this uh, has to do with uh, the Roman, the, the end of the Roman Empire in Britain is, is the time period, right? With this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And so the the board is two sided. You can play two different uh, sides of the board that are a little bit different from each other. Um, so yeah, that's Cambria. That and actually then, looks good to me, and that might be something I seek out. Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Yeah, I'll have to see if that it's in the miniature market library and play that sometime. Hmm. Okay. And then I uh, played some Royals, which is a uh, this is a fun game. It's you're basically you are in, influencing and assassinating nobles in Europe. So there's uh, there's Spain, France, England, and Germany are the three different nations, and in each uh, nation there's different cities that will have some noble of some sort uh, and so to influence the king you have to play eight cards of of the so if you're gonna if you're gonna influence uh, a king in Germany which I guess would be I don't know Leopold but anyway you play eight uh, Germany cards and then you can put a little token on the king and say, well, this to- this king belongs to me, so I can influence him however I want to. Well, eventually the board fills up and all the different nobles are taken. And so if you want another another cardinal or another princess or whatever, you need to take an assassination card and kill uh, kill off that, that princess or whatever so that you can place your own princess in in power and an influence your princess is in another castle yes exactly yep um so this is a fun little game and it plays up to i believe it plays up to six five something like that um so it plays quite a few people and there's three scoring uh scoring eras so like um the during the first era there's not a whole lot of assassinations that go on but then starting from there on in order to get more points, you have to start killing people. So anyway, Royals is a is a nice little game. I, I like it. So and, okay. And oh. what is what is Kingsburg? Kingsburg. You've never played Kingsburg. Is a uh, oh sorry. Uh, is a um, you're influencing the king's court. So you roll three d six and you uh, influence one of the king's court. So like the fool, if you influence the fool, he will give you something. Um, and you're sort of building up your your little fiefdom with uh, buildings that will help you when the when the year progresses through. So it progresses through four years, and there's three different or there's four different seasons. Once you get to winter is when the bad guys attack. So it may be orcs, it may be demons, it may be goblins, um, and you never quite know how strong the um, the enemy is so you have to build up your your error your your little fiefdom so that it can withstand the attacks um and so of course to build buildings you need to collect the various resources which is uh wood stone and gold and so it's it's a dice based game where you are influencing various people in the court huh interesting i like the artwork in it and i yeah. also I, yeah i like the fact that it's not historical you know we can have demons and orcs coming in Right, yeah. And so this copy that I have is an older copy. They, this, there's been a reprint of it, so that the uh, artwork's a little bit different these days. And then finally I played uh, Mission Red Planet, which I, I think, believe I've talked about this before. It's a, uh, it's a steampunk-themed uh, area control. So each, uh, for each player, there's a rocket on the launch pad. And so you select a role that says, okay, I'm going to, I can put an astronaut in two rockets and I can make some moves on the surface of Mars. And once the ships fills up, then it launches to Mars and it goes to wherever it says. The various, uh, like the Hellas region in, in Mars. So everybody on this ship's going to end up going to Hellas. And there's, there's resources on Mars that if you have the most, uh, astronauts there, then you get the victory points for whatever resource that is. So it's a, and I like the artwork in this game too. Yeah, uh, so do I. I also get a lot of vibes of Dune out of it. Maybe it's just the circular, the map on it, but yeah, that's kind of what it looks mm-hmm. like to me. 
So uh, it progresses through 10 turns, and you can draw. There's various missions cards you can draw and discovery cards. So, like, if you, for instance, if you pick the scientist as one of the cards you can play on your roll. So if I play the scientist, I can put a uh, an astronaut into a ship that's docked, and I can look at a discovery card and, or look at a card off the top of the, the deck. And if it's a discovery card, it will affect a, a particular region on Mars, depending on where I put it. And uh, that may be something like... Uh, the odd numbers of astronauts on this region have no effect. So, like, you can put it there, and then other people can look at it if they play the right card. Um, but, yeah, it's uh, it's an area control game. It's, it has also has role selection going on with it, and it plays fairly quickly, and it looks nice. So did you pick it up, or did you uh, just get it from, like, a library? No, it's, we own this one. Oh, okay, cool. Yep. So that's uh, Mission Red Planet, and that's uh, pretty much what I've been playing. Uh, so on to what I've been playing. I went axe throwing last weekend, and let me tell you, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, I saw that on Twitter. It's you like even, you know, not only did you hit the target, but you you got yourself a bullseye. Was that like yeah. the nineteenth take? <laughs> <laughs> no. I, I finally got it kind of like dialed in and we're throwing it like well enough that the the little lady running the place came out and was like, do you do this somewhere else? <laughs> is, it like, a, I, is it a muscle memory thing like shooting free throws or something? Yeah, it, it is. And like as a kid, I like I had a tomahawk. I went I bought it like right after watching Last <laughs> of the Mohicans and um <laughs> And I just threw it all over the place. And it is absolutely, it's just a little muscle memory. It has to, the way you toss it, like, with your hands and release it with your fingers is a thing. And, yeah, and once you got that down, just in that little 12 feet, it'll bam, bam, bam. It'll hit and stick every time. Mm -hmm. Now, not necessarily, to me, it's way more random, like, where it hits. I mean, I, I'm not, I I'm not that good. And basically what I'm talking about, me being good, is just simply the fact of I was able to make the blade stick in the wood. Yeah. If you ever go to one of these places, that is a huge issue. And what what killed me was like the the guy next to us was on a... Yeah, it's like a bowling alley. You rent a lane. And the, the guy in the lane next to me, his girlfriend was throwing it. And when you throw this thing and it doesn't hit, it will it kind of bounces back. But it does it along the ground. It just kind of comes skittering towards you. And she had open-toed shoes. And I'm oh. like, this this girl's going to lose some toes. You know, <laughs> I can't believe they allow open-toed shoes. But, you know, anyway, it was, it was a lot of fun. They're becoming like the big hip thing in, in the U.S. and uh, at least down here in the South. So, and, so anyway. And, and you were repping the chance of gaming shirt while you did Yeah, I was wearing my shirt, yeah. <laughs> So the goal is you want it to make a full, like one full revolution, right? Yes, only one revolution in twelve feet. Okay. And, so then, that's, it. that's so that that twelve feet. That's kind of the sweet spot of one revolution. Then, uh, is it's that supposed to be? Yep. Okay. Because I remember yeah. fiddling as a kid, fiddling with throwing knives, and yeah, it was really a, a factor of how close you were, and like if you're a little bit farther away, you want it to rotate faster, and if you're a little bit closer. You want it to rotate slower. So, is that kind of the same yeah. deal? Uh, yeah. Okay. I, I imagine so, but I, I couldn't try it on that. We were just kind of limited uh, to just that distance. Okay. And I, I will say they're like, yeah, we're opening up this other section back here where we will have throwing knives, tomahawks, and spears. Oh. <laughs> Cool. And it's longer. It's a longer thing that you can throw. So, just interesting to me. Hmm. Um, <clears throat> that was fun. And then uh, I've been reading this great book that makes me want to uh, Ancients game, and it it absolutely covers what uh, Richard was talking about the successors. That it happens in there. It's called Legion versus Phalanx by Mike Cole, and that's M Y K E. Uh, he is a uh, fiction writer, and he's actually on... Uh, he's got a show on Discovery Channel, too, where he's doing something else. Anyway, this is essentially 
just from kind of like a military history perspective, at what point did the Legion eclipse the Phalanx? Because and the Phalanx being, you know, that's where everybody, like in 300, everybody locks shields. You stick your uh, spears or pikes over it, and you kind of deal with things that way. And the Legion is more the Roman side, where they have multiple different types of uh, troops and uh, how they interact with each other, how the Legion moves, you know, and how it fights and stuff like that. So it's just a yeah. really interesting book that uh, I found really, really inspiring in the sense that I want to do some Ancients gaming. It makes me want... Uh, well, before I get into that... Um, he actually added me on Twitter, which was nice. And he talked about he was hugely inspired by wargaming the battles using GMT's Great Battles of History series. Specifically, Alexander, SPQR, and the associated exp expansions Tyrant, Phalanx, and others. He highly recommends you try these. Hmm. See, you, you got to stop saying that because I keep looking at SPQR thinking about picking it up. And that's that's another one that's just tempting me. Yeah, it, it's been on my list uh, for a while. Um, it, I really want to do uh, some successor wars uh, kind of stuff, and I think it would be easier for me, you know, to do it uh, on a board game. Now, like what you did was was more like influence and stuff like that, you know. Correct. I, yeah. What I'm talking yeah, the, about it. Yeah, there was no tactics at all. I mean, the battles were. You know, you you bring more armies than him, and then um, I'm trying to remember, I think there was a yeah there was a dice roll resolution, but mostly it's it's bringing more armies. So yeah, I, I would want to do something like with um you know moving the actual units around. And yeah, you, I know I know I can do it in like in 15 millimeter with um miniatures, but that's buying them, that's basing them, that's getting them painted, blah blah blah. But um. SPQR has been on my list for a while, and but looking at it now on GMTGames.com, the MSRP for that in the 2019 deluxe version is 105 bucks. Yeah, Miniature Market's got it for, I want to say 70 or 80. Hmm. So. And a uh, hoplite sound looks like it would be really cool to do right. some stuff, and uh, of course it's on P500, it's out of stock, but. I really want something where I could do successor wars, and I don't know what that would be. Surely, GMT has something. I just don't know what name it's under. Huh. Well, maybe I'll have to pick that up, and maybe you and I can play on Vassal. Yeah, that that would be cool. I mean, I would absolutely play um, SPQR for sure. Yeah. Which if, I'm trying to think of like what that stands for. It's it's like the Senate, the People, Quorum of Rome. Or something like that. I know, like a lot of reenactors and stuff like that will get that as like a tattoo. The Legion really didn't do the tattoo thing, and I don't think the SPQR was an actual thing till later. But I don't know. Anyway, this so book Ad is yeah, yeah. So Adam, did you ever listen to the podcast "The History of Rome" by Mike Duncan? Uh, I'm not sure. It sounds familiar, but I don't think I I don't think I have. It was really good, and it was long. I mean, it went. I don't know, a couple hundred episodes or something. He went from the beginnings of Rome to the fall of the Western Roman Empire. But fairly early on, you could probably find, I think it was just like one or two podcasts, uh, one or two episodes where he talked about the evolution of the Legion and Roman battle tactics. So that one would probably be interesting for you, even if you didn't listen to the whole series. Yeah, that that sounds kind of like what this, this book has been like. It goes through several different battles and just see... Yeah. The, the commander's personality and, and stuff like that. Okay, I found it on GMT. It is great the Great Battles of Alexander. and that Well, that's the Macedonian Art of War. Yeah, and, that's uh, Richard that's Berg, the, isn't it? Yeah, yes, Berg. That's what I thought, yeah. So it is Ghostberg. And they also have uh, the Conquerors, Alexander the Great, which I don't know what kind of game that is. That is also a Berg game. So, uh, yeah, this is the first I've ever heard of it. It uses cards, but it is not a game driven by cards. Not a Path of Glory system. So, don't know what that means. Anyway. So, yeah, it's a cool book. Makes me want to do 15mm. And also that 28mm, uh, Mortal Gods, where uh, that little um, 
skirmish game that seemed really cool. And the only other thing I'm doing, uh, my friend has got me into Destiny 2 on the PS4. So I'm half-assed in that, not knowing what I'm doing, running around. <laughs> so there you go. Anyway, so on to uh, what's on your radar. My only, as far as I know, local uh, game company is putting out a new game uh, called Bottle Top Chicks. And this is um, put out by Certifiable Studios. And okay. uh, it, this is some kind of, I don't know what kind of game it is. I, I And honestly, I feel really bad um, as to like how I am with these guys. This is literally the only company in my backyard. And I'm sure like a lot of other podcasts don't even have that. I know some of them have more. But a lot of them don't have that. I should really be over there every every time they open the doors for open gaming and, you know, talking to and interviewing these guys and, and you know, observing these demos. That's what I should be doing. But I don't, and I feel bad about that. Mm. You know, if this if that's something, like, you guys might want, you know, to, to see if you're listening and, you know, want that kind of coverage where I go over and I interview these guys. Because I've talked to them about it before. They don't care. They're really open to it and a friend of mine does pr for him and um yeah i do know uh, i told him when their next kickstarter when it actually comes in to you know be distributed and stuff i want to be there because i'm very curious like how how that works how big the pallets of games are you know what you do you know how you match them up with the person and you mail it off and just to see it from that logistics level but this is a particular game uh, that looks it looks it appears to be a kind of little combat game with little chibi uh, girls in armor and yeah for a minimum of 35 bucks it's not bad you know you can uh, single piece characters that you get uh, four miniatures and uh, it's supposed to come out October of next year and you can upgrade from that so seems pretty neat mm-hmm so, you know, it was just on my radar. Uh, that the ele- next thing, that yeah. elevated board looks interesting. Well, just... Oh. <laughs> seems yeah. like that's going to get knocked over. <laughs> mm. Yes, a cat will for sure. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, the next thing, uh, a friend of mine sent me a link to this, but uh, C3i, the magazine, has... I, I was unaware of this, maybe you guys know, but they, they have a store where, of course, you know, you can get the magazines and what have you that they sell. But I was interested in this because they sell shirts and other kind of stuff. They do lanyards and, you know, some other stuff like that. I knew but they sold look, posters. I didn't, uh, I didn't know about the shirts. I knew about the posters. They do. There's one poster they did that I really, really want. It was like um, something like the evolution of like game design or, or something like that or game or font. I can't think of it. Um, but it was it was really really neat that it showed like you know just and basically it was a bunch of different covers of stuff they had done from early on till to new. But yeah, it looks like this for posters you can get. Um, posters of their uh games of uh, uh, like gmt stuff mainly and that's pretty neat you know if you really want you know a fire in the lake poster over your um uh, uh dining room table you know yay or panzer or whatever they they can print that print that up you can get uh, yeah an spqr poster for <laughs> uh 20 bucks so, um, but yeah, I was I was more interested in the uh, the shirts, and if you take a look at those, uh, Rich, there there are some you might recognize. Um, they you know the battle line one, I know, they have some squad leader shirts that you could pass off as advanced squad leader. Yeah, but they're not as good as yours. <laughs> no, not my my homemade <laughs> one. No, uh, it'll never be. Never be that good. Some Command and Colors ones, which were cool. Some Down in Flames stuff. I I really like the red one that looks real. And the downtown one that looks like Top Gun. But they also had that shirt where I kind of want to be a poser and buy one because I didn't experience it. Where they did that con at Gen Con. You know, the con within a con they did for just... Oh, yeah, yeah. We must all hang together, that thing. (laughs) 
Yeah. Yeah, I, I really want to be a poser and buy that, but my problem is is they've changed like the rules at work. They do this about every year and nine months. They're like, okay, you guys can't wear t-shirts anymore. And I'm like, well, that's 90% of my closet, so what do you want me to do? Wear the four shirts you own that have collars on them. I'm like, okay, <laughs> will do. That is what I will do. One of them is like neon green, literally, and one of them is like almost neon blue. So if that's what you think, that's what I'll do. Uh, the next thing... There is Tank Duel. Who put this on here? Was it me? I don't think I it was. Put, I put that on there. That's a game that's coming out that I'm super interested in. It really looks fascinating to me. It's it's just uh, people are starting to get it. So you know, we're starting to I'm starting to see pictures of it on Twitter and Facebook and stuff. But I'm waiting for it to come in the miniature market. It's just uh, it's a game. It's it says one to eight players, which sounds fascinating to me. But everybody just gets a tank and. They're not miniatures or anything. It's, you know, you have a card, but there's probably some dice rolling or something in there. But you all just, you can team up and, or you could probably do like a big battle royale or whatever. It just, it sounds like a really cool game to me. So I'm keeping an eye out for that one. Where, where did you hear about it? Um, you know, it's funny because I don't remember reading about it on a GMT update or anything because this would have caught my eye. I just started hearing people talk about it maybe a month or so ago. Um, saying, hey, you know, this is shipping now, or I'm about to get my copy, stuff like that. I'm sure it was in the GMT updates. I just don't remember it, because I probably would have pre-ordered this one. Hmm. Okay. It. I wonder what the uh, the retail on it is. It looks to be kind of, you know, a small, small... Yeah, it's not very much. Let me see at Miniature Market. Let me see what it is. I've got it flagged so that Miniature Market will send me an email when it comes out. So basically, it's like my little group is shooting at your group. Yeah, I think so. It's it's an Eastern Front game, so I'm sure there's there's you know Panzers and T34s and whatever. Fifty two twenty nine at Miniature Market. So retail right. retail is seventy eight. So it kind of seems reading through the the last part of the description there, it seems like maybe it's kind of a speed based thing. It attempts to convey the claustrophobia and urgency that tank crews experienced in this bitter conflict. So I can see that, yeah. like, if if I have a group of people, so is it one player per tank? No, that's that's the way I understand it, but I'm not okay. sure. Yeah, I gotta wonder if it's like four different roles in one tank. Kind of like Captain. So like, yeah. Yeah, that could be. So like, so like you have the, if I can get a particular number to come up, then I can I have a lock on or not a lock on, but I have them in my sights. So yeah. I, I think there's probably a speed component to that. Could be. Yeah, this looks yeah. interesting, like Captain Sonar. Yeah, I don't know a whole lot about it. That's why it's just sort of on my radar, but definitely something I am interested in. Mm-hmm. That looks cool. Hmm. Okay. And uh, you have the next thing, Rich? Yeah, so we have another day with a developer coming up for the St. Louis Historical Gaming Society, STL Hugs, as we like to call it. <laughs> Um, so our last one was with, uh, we did, um, Mike Denton and the last hundred yards. And in December, Greg Blanchett is going to do, uh, is going to be our developer. So, uh, he's going to, he's got fall blau, which is the, uh, Russians and Germans on the Eastern front. And he's got a expansion coming out for that one. I think Kharkov. So he, I think he's going to have a printout of Kharkov for us to, play test and also teach us fall plow so december 21st third saturday of the month at miniature market if you are interested or you know someone that is pass it on uh we'll be doing publicity and stuff letting people know about that but and then early next year maybe february i'm not sure when uh mitchell land is going to do he's going to be our designer developer that month and i'm not sure if we'll do next war or maybe silver bayonet we'll see Fall blah. It's, yeah, just really funny. So, uh, I will say you should get their artist for that, which is Nut Grunt Gruntsens. Oh, I know it's Canute, but yeah, it's just funny to say. Canut Gr Nut Gruntsens. Well, I'm going to click on him and see what else he's done. So he's, just, he's looking tough in his uh, picture there. And um, 
Um, oh, yeah, he's done a bunch of different stuff. A lot of different stuff. He did Barlev. So it looks like he works for Compass, or at yeah. least does a, a lot of game, different uh, games for their designers. Um, <clears throat> the next thing, uh, I hardly ever pay attention to the Columbia Games email when it comes out, but uh, this one caught my eye because uh, Richard III has arrived on Steam. And you I know what? Know. I've, I've never played that game. I haven't either. It They say good things about it. And uh, one thing that really caught my eye is, like, you know, looking at this game. Um, it looks like I'm just straight up playing it on Tabletop Simulator. Yeah. So, you know, I, I don't... But it that, comes with an AI, so Tabletop Simulator won't give you an AI. That's true. It, it just seems weird to me. Like, um... <laughs> like they just put out the tabletop simulator version and just spent their money on an AI. Yeah. I don't know, but I don't know. I mean, I think this one's kind of an in- interesting case because Richard the Third is an old game. I mean, it's it's a classic, um, and it's considered you know a, a great block war game. Even I haven't played it, but I've heard good things about it. Um, but what's interesting though is that no one's going out and buying Richard the Third right now. I, I don't even know if it's in print or you could get it. So um, some games like, and here's an example. So yesterday at our monthly game day, a couple people were playing Twilight Struggle, um, which is, you know, the Cold War game. And I have played Twilight Struggle probably a hundred times, never once on the table. I play it all the time on the computer through Steam or on my iPad. Um, I play with people I know. I play with strangers. I played a bunch of games of Twilight Struggle never played it on the table you're you're not supposed to play with strangers rich that's not good <laughs> mm. stranger danger well yeah you can't but your friends. these are strangers yeah, on the internet every one of them is uh <laughs> uh is cool oh they that is cool yeah you yeah. can give out your personal information and what yeah okay mm-hmm. i got you i got you uh-huh. uh yeah but uh now, one thing I wanted to say with this is I know noticed a lot of people commenting on it like, okay, Richard III is all right, but when are we going to get Hammer of the Scots? And they they said that's coming, didn't they? I don't know. Uh, I know, yeah, people would much rather play that one. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's I, I, I assume it plays the same, but yeah. Yeah. There's, there's more games coming out, though. I mean, there's... Uh, you know, GMT has said that they're going to start putting some of the coin games uh, as computer games. I think I think they said a distant plane is going to be first, but I'm not sure about that. Um, you know, like I said, Twilight Struggle is a wildly popular. It's a board game that's been, you know, it's now it's a computer game. Gloomhaven is out. So more and more board games are becoming computer games. And uh, I, there's definitely a place for them. I, I like using them often to learn to play the game. Um, and, and just get in, like, sort of practice games. It's always more fun for me to play a real person on the table, but, um, you know, if, if I've got half an hour to kill at home, then it's nice to be able to fire up a game, too. Yeah, I saw where somebody is working on um, another coin game based around the Troubles. I know, oh, I haven't I, heard I, about I, that one. Yeah, well, it's, like, just in, like development or you know whatever yeah um i know i would love to do a a coin game just based on something stupid like um the the cola wars or you know (laughs) uh or like the 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 fast food wars of the 80s you know just something dumb like that would just be funny to do but anyway uh richard i wanted to talk to you about that game that you mentioned on twitter that's twenty three hundred bucks. Yeah, I think Mitch wants me to buy it so we can play it together. Uh, yes. Yeah, I wanted it. What yeah, is that's it called? The, uh, what's it? That's the death, death, death ride. Is that what it's called? Something like that. I got to look back through um, my ads and possibly yeah, uh, death rides by Grognard Simulations. Yeah, so this yeah. death ride, Gur, uh, Kursk, Salerno. There's there's a whole bunch of versions of them, but. Yeah, if, if anyone hasn't heard of this, he has a, a deluxe version out, which is, is it literally everything? I mean, the, the map literally is, I don't, I don't know how you would 
even if he had a table he could play on it, you know, the center of the table would be seven feet away. And the game is, it's 2300 20 I thought it was $2,500. Was it 2300 Maybe you got a maybe you got a, a coupon that you're using on that one. No, no, you're right. You're right. It is twenty. It is twenty five hundred, <laughs> and it requires a five hundred dollar deposit. <laughs> yeah, because I don't think they're actually... going to keep a bunch of those on the shelf. Yeah, like I said on Twitter, I want to message them and see if um, they'll give let us have a copy to give away. <laughs> <laughs> and it comes in like an ammo crate. Yeah. And, you know, okay, there's a couple of things on here that kind of get my goat. It, like, number one, okay, I understand that you're going to charge Texas residents tax. Yeah, so you, if you don't want to buy that from Texas, because then that's just going to be another 8.5%. I mean, I mean <laughs> shit, that is 8.2, that is 8.25 per percent. Yeah. You know, uh, so that's actually kind of ha- uh, heavy, you know, so let's see, 8.25. That is an additional $206.25 to on taxes. Wow. But what actually gets my goat is um, I have to pay for shipping on this. <laughs> I'm like, fuck you, man. Uh, yeah. For $2,500, you can, I don't care how big it is. Well, shipping is going to be a couple hundred free. bucks, too. I mean, At least seriously, it's, is... it's, it's a huge ammo crate. And I don't mean like... Uh, like a, it looks like an ammo crate. I mean, it's the size of a trunk. Yeah, it's like a little footlocker. Yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> look for twenty five hundred dollars. Uh, this dude does it say who who made it? I don't know. Anyway, yeah, it's the guy that owns the company. He needs to hand deliver it to me. And a happy <laughs> ending too. Good grief. <laughs> and uh, man, well, well, I was gonna say he he has to show me how to play it, and he cannot leave until um i have it completely down like where i have no questions i know exactly how to play this yeah for twenty five hundred dollars i heard an interview with this guy he's he's it's interesting to hear him talk about his system because it's super in-depth and i i'm pretty sure he would he would hand deliver it and play it with you if you bought the game Mm. from him adam I mean, shit, okay, I want to interview someone who bought this game. If you buy this game, I want to interview you. That's the most, so, that's the more important thing. It's like, so, what's it like being rich as hell, you know? So, lots of people have bought the game, just not the deluxe $2,500 version. Because there are, you know, there are smaller versions of this game. This is just the staff limited edition. Yeah, that's that's what I want to know is that that version. So this seems like the sort of game that you would play in costume with a, like a, one of those little <laughs> tac- tactical rigs moving around the the board there. So like, yeah, we're gonna you have you have to play it in the war room. Yeah, you know, from the war room from uh, Doctor Strangelove. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's where you have to play it at. I mean, it's 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 obviously a con only game because there's literally no one in the world that has room and they're house to even set this thing up on and if you set it up it's there forever because this is probably gonna be the last game you'll ever play so but who knows i mean so to give people a, a notion of how big this is it looks like it's maybe two four by eight sheets of plywood set together into an l shape and it's probably wider yet than that so it's maybe yeah. six six by eight feet something like that Twice yeah, times two is what I yeah. guess. Mm-hmm. Twenty three thousand counters. Twenty three thousand. Yes. All right. And if you're going you to be twenty five hundred bucks, you're going to have to clip them all. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. Again, <laughs> at twenty five hundred bucks, he has to clip them. He has to punch them and clip them for me. They and have to come that way. And stain the edges with a sharpie. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yep. Yes. Be be extra, as the kids say. How many pieces of plexi would it cost to? to would it take to cover that map up? <laughs> you need like a like a five foot long set of tweezers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh and right. I just know I would knock over a stack right in the middle of the board. Oh, or your cat would or something, you know. Oh, it'd be bad. Or what if your you know, your dog pooped on, you know, like <laughs> Russia, that part. I don't know, it'd be terrible. Alright, uh Roy, you're thinking about playing the uh Wendy's Art BG. <laughs> on a much, much, much lighter note. Yeah, I think uh we're gonna 
we're going to give the Wendy's RPG a playthrough. The uh, the the game master section has a full um, campaign in it. So like as far as prep, there's I think there's mostly like zero prep there. So do you have to? Is this just do you to download it? Do you have to buy it? Do you buy enough Wendy's no, value meals and you get it? No, it's it's all free. Okay. So 100 pages of, of printing out. So I think maybe I'll see about getting it bound or something. Um, but yeah, the GM section has a whole campaign. I I don't know. I think it's brilliant marketing. Where you fight against like the evil Ronald McDonald or the the King Burger, you know that kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, you know, we talked about this last week that all the different yeah. classes are based in based in Wendy's food. So <laughs> I don't know. It's it's goofy and and dare I say it cheesy, and uh, <laughs> it sounds like fun. All right, and uh, on to uh, actual news. It looks like Fantasy Flight Games has released Enhanced Infantry for Legion. What does this mean, Richard? Does this mean, like, uh, is this, like, um, weapon upgrades for these guys? Yeah, I think they're they're upgrades to existing trooper units. Is that what you get from this, Roy? Yes, yeah. I do. Yep. Yeah. I think so. So, like, if you've already got a... a a unit of troopers you can or stormtroopers or, or rebel troopers or whatever you you swap these guys in you pay a few more points to get an extra many and a, a new toy to play with which as a rebel player i can see where that would be pretty cool because if it can give you some some pierce or some uh blast uh i can see where that would be good mm-hmm. plus the minis look cool and so like previously in order to have any kind of a sniper unit in your uh army you need to get the either the uh the scout troopers or the what is it the commandos had the had the sniper in it so now you can add sniper weapons into a regular unit yeah now this reminds me i've seen a lot of you know the uh the clone wars box set has basically trickled out i think my flg will have it tomorrow yeah it was supposed Um, to come out last week but i haven't seen it yet I well, I, I saw several people on my Facebook feed have have got it in, in other stores I follow. But um, the big complaint with cl- uh, the robot players is they apparently there's no heavy or something in it, so they can't you can't take them out of the box and actually stand up to other armies because they're they're oh. missing that kind of part so they were Mm -hmm. like it was a real dumb idea for it to do maybe it works well against the clone troopers that are the that are on the opposite side of the box yeah but um yeah they're like you cannot play these against any other thing right now and yeah and if you think about next year even with the the, i mean the original corset that came out if you're just playing with corset units or just the units that came out on day one it was kind of like that but it was fine because it was a new game now you've got new factions playing against mature factions, and I think we're probably not going to see much for Rebel or Empire come out for a while because the clones and the Separatists are going to have to catch up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> but uh, I may end up picking that up um, uh, next week. Look, every my entire group of people I know that play Legion, every damn one of them want to play the, the robots, so uh, the separatists. Sorry. So yeah, no one is willing to to uh, swap to, to to go to go in on a box. So we're all gonna like you know have to bite the bullet and buy the whole damn box ourselves. Spend eighty bucks buying the box. So <laughs> as annoying as that sounds, I guess I'll try to recoup cost by like maybe selling the uh, clone trooper parts. But then again, it's like. Eh, maybe I'll actually want them down the line and want to do it. Cause you know, you could paint them up really cool. Mm-hmm. So I a lot more color variation than uh, stormtroopers there. <sighs> yeah. And there's, you know, there's really cool character units from like the, uh, the cartoons, the video games and yeah. Mm-hmm. But anyway, the next thing we had is drinking quest. Old habits die hard. RPG is up on Kickstarter. And I, thought this was kind of neat i was unfamiliar with a drinking game rpg and this sounds like something i might enjoy and for it's 27 dollars canadian which is 21 american i can get this game and it's shipped free you know it's included there 21 bucks 
<laughs> and you have to be right. 21 to play it. I guess. Or, or, or 18 in some states, I guess. <laughs> or countries or playing it under the supervision of your parents. I don't know. But it, it does. It just kind of seems a little bit like a maybe an um, a adult version of... Um, what is that Steve Jackson game? Munchkin? Munchkin, yeah. Maybe something like that. I don't know. But, yeah. So when I say the word Steve Jackson, do you think he's like, huh? He gets like a sudden weird feeling. It's like someone's yes, like some, someone just walked over my grave. I don't know. To the Jackson cave. Yeah, you know I say that, but yeah, he's yeah, he's like whatever, dude. You know I don't even know who you are. Anyway, uh, moving on. I thought this was really really interesting. Archon Studio is is doing this Starfinder sale. And what that means is, if you remember the Starfinder Miniatures Kickstarter uh, from a year or so ago that fucking Ninja Division was supposed to do, needless to say, didn't happen. They, um, They did not complete their Kickstarter, and Archon Studio is taking over for them. So they will, um... They will uh, put this uh, takeover like uh, from the Kickstarter, and um, yeah, so and then this they will have this line of miniatures which look really cool. They so. do look cool. The yeah. nice bases I mean, on them and everything. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever seen RPG miniatures on a sprue though. On a sprue? Yeah, yeah. that is a good point. But I guess they're like, well, these are sci-fi, so yeah, you know. That's that's what the kids are used to nowadays. Do we know what sort of uh, plastic this is? Is this styrene or is it uh, something different? I don't know. Okay. It doesn't it doesn't say. Um, and see, that's the thing is, I never really know either way, like what it is. And I just I'm like, oh, is this the really bendy plastic or is this the really um, you know hard plastic? It, yeah. Mm-hmm. I use baby terms, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, the next thing we had is there's a new battle group rule book available, um, which I look kids, if you want to life pro tip as soon as the absolute day that a new version of a game of a rule book, whatever is announced, put yours up for sale because you have a good week or so that people that don't know any better will buy it. And mm. then after about a week, everybody knows a new version is coming out, and so your version is devalued. So, yeah, that's how I got rid of all my battle group stuff when I first heard the announcement months ago. And so, yeah, their new version of the rulebook is out. I don't know what the difference is. And basically, this is 15mm, 20mm, 6mm World War II. I don't know how it plays, uh, but I know people consider consider it more grown up and tactical than flames of war so there you go it it is coming <laughs> and um another thing i wanted to mention just because i saw it um on here when i was looking at this was um uh, and i've talked about this before on the show core infernal machines is available on the ps4 and this comes from a um and it's actually on it was on sale this past month it comes from uh, an actual tabletop game that a guy made over a zombie smith, and I think it's really cool. I really dig it. And I finally picked up this game, but I hate the fact that it's VR-based. I don't understand why, and yeah, uh, the, the PS4's VR isn't that great. Uh, and um, yeah, I, I'm going to have to play it some more, but I found my experience being a little frustrating trying to because i mean honestly this was the first vr game i've played on the ps4 i bought it and then uh the p the the vr for the ps4 and then my kids played it you know more way more than i did so i guess i need to spend some time before i make a final decision but anyway moving on uh the next thing is maybe you guys have heard about this this is um the dungeon horde kickstarter yeah i did hear about this yeah, it was blatantly stolen by a creator from uh, the Game Crafter, which is just a print-on-demand site. And I, it okay, as of this thing, it's canceled. Yeah. It, yeah. And they only got three hundred ninety-two dollars, so it looks like 
I, I will say though, I don't know if he withdrew it or Kickstarter canceled it, but I remember talking about we've we've talked about Kickstarter a lot on this show and just no, not, not our show. Not that long ago. I can't remember which one it was. I think it was the one that everyone knew was an obvious scam. Oh, yeah, and they're yeah, like, yeah. are they going to cancel it or is Kickstarter just going to wash their hands? And it seemed like ever since that, Kickstarter has been doing a better job on stuff like this and just saying, nope, just pull the plug on it. Well, that's that's really good, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. It's good for them. But uh, I'm like, I, honestly, I'm seeing it more as like, OK, the third world is noticing that, hey, it's pretty easy to scam people on Kickstarter. And once you take all their money, there's nothing they can do about it. Yeah. So you're seeing kind of like more of this. I'm honestly not surprised that, you know, you don't see more. I mean, we report on like where legitimately people were trying to make a game and then just got in over their heads. And, you know, it's six figures and they have the people have nothing to show for it. There's no money, there's no nothing, and yeah, I mean, that that happens, but just, you're starting to see more and more just out-and-out out scams. And I honestly wonder if that thing had been successful, if it would have even shipped, you know? Yeah, or, or if it would have been like, yeah, no. Because, I mean, I, I'm waiting for the day when somebody puts one together with art and everything, the idea, all that stuff, and it's just a straight-up scam. Dude. They're just going to take the money do we remember yeah. what the name of that one was it was something about sands rising sands blazing sands something or other rising sands sounds familiar but okay. i don't know about yeah it was that one that everybody's like this is too good to be true this is way too because it was cheap yeah and they're like this this person has never done a kickstarter before and you know it was it was getting into like five figure territory and yeah but oh um, that's it overturn rising sands Okay. Because um, I was like, wow, the, the terrain in that alone is worth it to me. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. I was just curious if there was any more uh, news about that. No, I don't think so. No, I never heard anything about it after they canceled they, it. They went back into the darkness from whence <laughs> they came. Uh, the next thing we had was... Um, if you're you know, a war gamer, you owe it to yourself to join Hex Encounter... On Reddit, R Hex Encounter, all one word. Um, a guy did a new Wing Leader YouTube channel, and I just wanted to throw that on here because this was this the thing you were kind of in, in, interested in, Richard? Was it Wing Leader? No, it was Red Storm is the one that I, I okay. got. Right. Wing Leader is the one that's got eight million expansions, and everybody's talking about it. I mean, it, it's been it's had a lot of publicity lately. I think just because another expansion just came out for it, so. Okay, so yeah, I was just gonna just toss it on there, and uh, and we'll see. And tell me about this next thing. This is the uh, this looks like root. Yeah, well, there's a reason for that. It's Cole Worley. <laughs> so Cole Worley has, is starting to tease a new game that he's working on called Oath, and we don't know too much about it yet. There's a there's a blog post on BGG. There's a uh, there's a, a a Twitter. Uh, he tweeted out just like a single image of something. Um, so we don't know a whole lot about it yet, but Cole Worley is obviously pretty popular game designer right now with Root, and whatever he works on next is going to be getting attention. So <laughs> both, if you're interested in Cole Worley, obviously you're going to want to keep an eye on this. But yes, the art on the card works looks very much like Root. Mm-hmm. Cole Worley. Yeah. That is a cool name. <laughs> yeah, I like it. All right. So I guess that brings us to the end here, and uh, which is good because I'm tired from working yesterday and uh, having to yell to be heard and then talking all day today. So, yeah, it's kind of neat. You know, just something to think about. The, the sore throat that you can develop and whatnot and <laughs> our crappy weather. And, yeah, so anyway, the show is at its end, and we will continue on next time. I tell you, I do get a little disappointed, like, you know, kind of when I'm looking for for news. You kind of have to look really hard, because it seems like nine times out of ten, it's like, hey, this is on Kickstarter. Yeah. Mm -hmm. that That's the news, is this is announced on Kickstarter. There you go. Uh, so, you know, 
I don't know, but we try. We try really hard. I like bringing it, you know, news and what have you, and, uh, yeah, there you go. So, we'll say, um, good night, or good day, as it were, and, uh, oh, yeah, and I'm hopefully gonna fix the problem, because I'm super frustrated with the, the plug-in. You know, basically, it's, you, right now, you just have to hit play and listen to the whole show. You can't advance it, because it'll immediately drop you back to the beginning, and, uh, yeah, it's an issue that I have been unable to resolve with the company, and uh, I think I'm going to just replace the plug-in, and we'll go about our business. So, All right, oh. so good night. Good night, everybody. Good night, everyone. <laughs>